how do you how do you how do you go with your gut in relationships if if there are like external things telling you that you're going in the wrong direction? Well, in the past, I have gone with the the desires, the emotions that I feel like is my intuition, but it's more of like my I don't know if we want to call it desires or animal instincts or attraction or chemistry. Okay, this is all bullshit. Like, they're both speaking like girls, right? Like, uh, in the language of emotionalism. Like, how do you trust your gut in a relationship? Like, first of all, what a crappy question to ask. Um, Like, girls are going to trust their gut in a relationship no matter what happens. So, like, because that's what women are like. So, so, anyway. um, Yeah. But men... Something important to note is if your gut is screaming about something, if it's screaming, she's cheating, there's something wrong with what she's doing, etc., don't let it go. You gotta either leave if it's serious enough or call it out. Because, guys, I'm telling you, if you're not calling out bad behavior, if you're not uh, walking away when stuff is really bad, your life is going to be forfeit, right? You're going to be a puppet king ran by the whims of another person. Just just so you know. As opposed to, is this really hitting um, compatibility and chemistry uh, at the yeah. same time? And so I think I've had to learn, and I think I'm constantly learning this process of like, okay, well, is this the, the relationship that's going to hit all the areas of my life perfectly? I'm not sure if... That's even possible. Doesn't maybe, exist. Maybe it is, but I think there's someone that you're going to be with, or people that you're going to be with over time that are here to teach you something. And my my challenge has been I I have repeated the pattern many times to learn lessons that I've never learned, and I keep repeating the patterns until um, I learn them. So for me, it's it's um, <laughs> miserable how that works. I keep, yeah, yeah, telling on herself. I keep sleeping with chads because I need to learn how to not repeat the pattern, right? It's really funny because, like, basically, Michaela lived this on on fast forward, right? Because she she slept with a bunch of chads and then she got with her boyfriend the, at university, right? And got pregnant at 19. So, and she won't admit it that she slept with other guys. She'll just say she was monogamous with this with this guy, uh, Andre, who was her first husband until she got she got pregnant. But, again... I, like, based on Michaela's behavior and her life outcomes, there is no way that she's lived the life that even her mother did. Um, yeah, so, anyway, telling on herself. And this guy here, um, I don't know, he sounds like he's speaking the language of emotionalism. Like, it just sounds inherently wrong to me. Like, he's not really giving any advice. He's just saying, uh, trust your gut, follow your instincts. Like, it's worthless advice. Like, it does nothing. If you do, you just get screwed. Like, why, why would you do this? Anyway. I keep, I keep attracting certain moments or events, in, whether it be intimate relationships or business relationships, things like that, until I learn how to overcome those triggers, the traumas, the whatever I'm holding on to. So, relationships are, for me, the greatest teacher. Okay. And has, have, has therapy helped you with figuring out triggers? And are problems in your past relationships do you think that they were caused by your trauma or just a discrepancy between you and the other person 
Right, notice how she doesn't say your trauma or her trauma, right? Because, again, it's it's always the guy's fault, right? But, anyway. Hello and welcome to the Helios blog. My name is Helios, here for another reaction video. If you're new to the channel, liking the content, hit that sub, hit all for notifications. If you'd like to support me, I do have a Patreon with exclusive content. Patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Just go there and subscribe. I have new content, posting weekly. Um, something else? Uh, you could drop me a donation like Tom M here. Shout out to him. Link is in the description. Let's continue. Uh, well, I think I have attracted the person many times in my past. The pattern that I've recognized is I've attracted the person where I can feel the most validated, where I can feel the most needed, the most acknowledged where I could help the most, where I could kind of support them in their growth or over. I see. So what he's describing is a beta male, this guy here. So all of that, uh, I feel the most wanted. I feel the most needed. I could support their growth. I could la la la. He's describing a beta male to a T, a guy that does everything for a woman possible. Um, you know, the happy life, happy wife, uh, sorry, happy wife, happy life mentality, guys. That's this guy. Like, I don't know what to tell you guys. Like, this is very, very bad advice. Like, very, very bad advice. And if you're listening to this advice, you will be destroyed. Because if men live the language of emotionalism, um, if you speak their language, as it were, and this is this is coming from Roro Tomasi, then what happens is you're going to live the life plan of women. So their life plan is this, alpha seed, beta need. So they sleep with chads, and then when they're needy, necessitous at 28 to 35, or whatever, if they've had, um, you know, chads kid, um, then they'll come and, and because you're speaking their language, they know you're a useful idiot for them. And they'll choose you to take care of that child or to save them from their bad decisions in the past. That's that's how it is, guys. So don't listen to this advice, please. Coming some challenge that I feel ah, like I'm, okay. I'm capable of. And that's been a pattern of my past. And I've also been an extreme people pleaser where... You see, I was right. Like, <laughs> again, just the classic signs of a beta male. Yeah. Um, when I feel a sense of love and connection and an intimate relationship in my past, I would do when someone would get upset or angry with me or didn't like something or whatever they had a different point of view and they wanted me to to do their thing i would give in over and over again because they were angry and upset at me and so i would just give in and say okay what do you want what do you need let me do this fine and i would do it from a place of i don't want to do this i'm i'm out of integrity with myself but i'm doing it to keep the peace right so if you do that if you sacrifice yourself to keep the peace, your relationship will die piece by piece by piece, right? Slowly, it will be eroded away. You can't be doing that. You call out bad behavior and you call out her bad behavior. And here's more. Here's more. Are you ready? If you're ever going to give something up in your relationship, so let's say she says, I don't like when you do X, right? If you are going to change something about yourself, then she has to change something about herself. It's never, 
It's never you giving her something without receiving something in return. Um, because if it's not at least give and take, then she doesn't respect you because you're giving yourself away for free while uh, expecting nothing in return, right? So let's say she says, I don't like that you snore when you sleep. It's something stupid. And you can say, um, I don't like when you, whatever, don't do the dishes, you know, or when you leave your crap around the house, you see, like, so she is never solely complaining about you and you saying, yes, dear. It's if she complains about you, then you complain about her. You see what I'm saying? So there's a mutual, like, she is never solely changing you. You're also changing her is the idea. So she can never expect to get anything without having to give something in return. And so what that does, it creates um, a pattern So in the future, when she wants something from you, she knows she's going to have to give something. And so what that that means is that you're not easy, right? You're going to fight for every little piece of territory, right? You're going to get your needs met no matter what. Even if she's getting her needs met in her eyes, she knows that you're always going to look to get your needs met. That's that's the point. It's mental point of origin. You care about yourself first. And sure, maybe she has some kind of concern that she'd like to address. But you're not compromising if she's not compromising. That's the idea. I'm doing it to please you. And... I used to say, man, this person doesn't understand me. This person doesn't get me. They keep uh, attacking me. They get angry with me. They're not. Yeah. Oh, oh and there's more. Um, there's more. Um, if she can change you, right, without you changing her, you're in her frame, right? It's like mommy and son. But if she knows that no matter what you're going to see, you're going to see that your needs are met, right? She can respect that. And respect is actually what leads to bedroom fun. So men, you have to fight for every little inch of territory. And and here's the thing. Over time, she's not going to like the constant... She, she's not going to like the, the pushback, right? The, I know if I ask for something. If I demand something, he's going to demand something too. And that's annoying because I don't want to change. So you know what? I'm going to leave him alone, right? And, she, and, and so you prevent her from changing you is the point. Because it's very annoying to have an opponent. This is, I, I'm, I'm referring to chess. It's very annoying to have an opponent that fights for every single little bit of territory. You can't ever get anything for nothing. That's the point. She can't just get stuff out of you for nothing. Um, and if, if she can, your relationship's going to die, right? So it needs to be like that. Mutual or not at all, right? She needs to understand that if she's criticizing you, she needs to understand she's not perfect either and she needs to change something about herself. 
Tit for tat. Not happy with who I am. They're not grateful for all that I create. I used to say that a lot and be upset at them. And then I realized, oh, this isn't about them. This is about me abandoning myself, me not standing up for what I want or what I believe in this moment. Not saying that they're right or bad or wrong or anything, and not saying I'm right or wrong, but just we want different things in this moment. But I would always abandon myself to make someone else happy to create a sense of peace in that moment, an environment of peace. And what I've learned is you can't buy peace. You can't pay someone off for them to then be happy because then they'll keep doing it uh, and they'll, they'll never be happy. Ah, it doesn't so, solve the problem. Yeah, yeah. So I would just be like, screw this. This person doesn't get me. No matter what I give to them, they're never happy. And That's right. Because uh, women's fundamental nature is they want to cycle their emotions. So they're never happy forever. Right? There will always be these bullshit arguments that, that come up. Always. In a long-term relationship. Always. No matter how good of a man you are, no matter how much you give, there will always be an argument with her asking for more. No matter what. And because you know this, your pre-preparation is, I know that there is going to be this. So... I'm going to get mine whenever that comes up. And so what it creates is a very hard situation for the girl in the sense that she can't just get everything she wants for free. You're not just a, a spineless loser who's going to bend to every demand. You're going to have demands of your own. And if she wants her demands to be met, your demands need to be met too. You see? That's the point. So every time that your girl has some kind of complaint like this, you're going to acknowledge the complaint and then be like, okay, but you are doing this. And you don't need to, you don't need to like talk about that specific moment, right? When she's being annoying. Uh, you could mention some other thing, right? It's like, Okay, I see that you don't like when I do this, but I don't like when you don't do this. And I would like for you to change that. You, you see what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, the, the equivalent of this uh, would be a, counter, a counterpunch, right? As opposed to just putting your guard up and block, 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 and then eventually getting knocked out, right? Which is you giving in to the, to the demands. Um, you counterpunch. You have your own concerns, you have your own wants, you have your own needs, and when she brings up hers, you counter with yours. And uh, by the way, um, I'm not talking about bedroom fun. We don't negotiate that. Again, um, if she's going to negotiate bedroom fun with you, like when she wants to have bedroom fun or whatever, um, then probably your relationship is dying, just so you know. Okay, uh, let's go to an article by Rolo Tomasi. Vulnerability. One of the most endemic masculine pitfalls men have faced since the rise of feminine social primacy has been the belief that their ready displays of emotional vulnerability will make men more desirable mates for women. In an era when men are raised from birth to be in touch with their feminine side and in touch with their emotions, we get generations of men trying to out-emote each other as a mating strategy. To the boys who grew into beta men, 
The ready eagerness with which they'll roll over and reveal their bellies to women comes from a conditioned belief that doing so will prove their emotional maturity and help them better identify with the women they mistakenly believe have a capacity to appreciate it. What they don't understand is that the voluntary exposing of one's most vulnerable elements isn't the sign of strength that the feminine imperative has literally bred a belief of into these men. A reflexive exposing of vulnerability is an act of submission, surrender, and a capitulation to an eventual superior. Dogs will roll over almost immediately when they acknowledge the superior status of another dog. So guys, what I'm saying is, if you reflexively bend to every request without getting anything of your own, she sees herself as superior and you as inferior. But if you fight for every little piece of territory, she's not going to see you as inferior. She's going to see you as the reverse. She's going to see you as, like, um, what's it called? A respectable um, figure. And women have bedroom fun with respectable figures, basically. Okay. um, Vulnerability is not something to be brandished or proud of. While I do believe the insight and acknowledgement of your personal vulnerabilities is a necessary part of understanding oneself, uh, it is not a source of attraction and certainly not arousal. From the comfort of the internet and polite company, women will consider the sounds right appeal of male vulnerability with regard to what they're supposed to be attracted to. But on an instinctual subconscious level, women make a connection with the weakness that that vulnerability represents. A lot of men believe that trusting displays of vulnerability are mutually exclusive of the displays of weakness. But what they ignore is that hypergamy demands men can shoulder the burden of performance. When a man openly broadcasts his vulnerabilities, he is by definition beginning from a position of weakness. The problem with idealizing a position of strength is in thinking you're already beginning from that strength and your magnanimous display of trusting vulnerability will be appreciated. I strongly disagree with assertions like those of various purple pill life coaches that open upfront vulnerability is ever attractive to a woman. It's really not, guys. The idea goes that if a man is truly outcome independent with his being rejected, the first indicator of that independence is a freedom to be vulnerable. The approach then becomes one of, hey, I'm just going to be my vulnerable self, and if you're not into me, then I'm cool with that. The hope is that a woman will receive this approach as intended and find something refreshing about it. But the sad truth is that if this were the attraction key it promotes, every guy just being himself would be swimming in top-shelf bedroom fun. This is a central element of beta game, the hope that a man's openness will set him apart from other guys. It's common practice for men who believe in the equalist fantasy that women will rise above their feral natures when it comes to attraction and base their bedroom fun selection on his emotional intelligence. And they never do this. The fact is there is no such thing as outcome independence. The very act of you approaching a woman means you've made some effort to arrive at a favorable outcome with her. The fact that you'd believe a woman would even find your vulnerability attractive voids any pretense of outcome independence. Hypergamy doesn't care about male vulnerability. So this is from Of Love and War by Roald Tomasi. We want to relax. We want to be open and honest. We want to have a safe haven in which struggle has no place, where we gain strength and rest instead of having it pulled from us. We want to stop being on guard all the time and have a chance to simply be with someone who can understand our basic humanity without begrudging it, to stop fighting, to stop playing the game just for a while. We want to so badly. And if we do, we're soon no longer able to. Absolutely true. So you can never rest. You can never relax. Because at any moment, the girl could drop a shit test on you. She could say something disrespectful. She could do something disrespectful. 
And if you don't call it out as a reflex immediately and righteously, your relationship will die. She will see herself as superior to you. She'll say, oh yeah, I can do whatever I want now and just treat you like absolute garbage. That's what happens if you don't call it out. Okay, back to this video here. And it's their fault and they're ungrateful and, uh, and I'm out. And that, that's been a pattern in my past. And, and I think therapy, when I'm able to, to go through great coaching or great therapy, has allowed me to overcome many different challenges like that. And that's just one that has stood out in the past many times. Okay. I'm going to probe into this therapy thing a little bit more because... By the way, let's look at Michaela and how she's looking at the guy. You see when he exposes vulnerabilities to her? Look at her expression. Do you remember the Matthew Hussey video when she was looking at Matthew Hussey? Look, do you remember the difference? Look at her eyes. Look at her expression. Does that look like a girl that's attracted to, to, to him to you? It doesn't. And the reason is because women are inherently repulsed by male weakness. Because I have a therapist at the moment that I actually... I actually, it hasn't been very many sessions, but we're actually getting along, which is like the ninth <laughs> person great. I've tried. And I'm like, wow, this is... The ninth person she's tried. So again, guys, just think about that for a second. She didn't get along with nine therapists, okay? A person is literally paid to listen to you and you don't get along with them. Now, let me know what you think that means in the comments. I don't want to jinx it, but when, you, when you're in therapy, do you do it by just like recounting experiences or talking about, you know, what's gone on in the last week and then mm -hmm. working through that? Oh, by the way, once she's noticed that he is not a bedroom fun option, right? That he's a weak man. Now she starts talking to him like he's her girlfriend. You see what I'm saying? She's trying to uh, connect on an emotional level, you know, like, uh, oh, how do you do your therapy? If you've ever seen groups of girls talk or even girls talk one-on-one -on -one and just observed, this is how they do it. Just like this. She's talking to him as though he's a girl. And he doesn't see it as disrespectful, but anyway. Or are there certain techniques that are employed? Yeah, how does for this work? Me, for me, it's something I did when I... When I um, join this this current coach therapist i was like okay here are the main i kind of wrote down i analyzed here are the main challenges when this happens here's the reaction when this happens here's how i feel when this happens this oh, is what's created you're way so ahead of me i created like an analysis i was like i wanted to give this to them of like here's me self analyzing myself of where I fall short, my breakdowns, where this person triggers me, why this is triggering me, where this comes from. Because I've been, you know, doing this work for eight years with my show and just interviewing these people where I've been saying, okay, coach me, how can I improve? I've been kind of putting all this out there of my flaws and insecurities for years. Holy Lord. Okay. Uh, yeah, this guy is the ultimate, like... Don't be like this guy, guys. Please, please, for me, for you, don't be like that guy. Okay, I, I'm done. On to the Reddit article. I, like, no. Posted 10 hours ago on relationship advice. 
My wife, so this guy's 38 and his wife is 35, said my name while hooking up with a guy from a gym. My wife and I have been together for nine years, married for six, and have a three-year-old daughter. I work from home, and she's a stay-at-home mom and wife. Uh, The gym she goes to has classes every day at noon, and she goes to one every day. This past weekend, our daughter was going to spend a few days with her grandparents. They come to pick us up on Friday. Uh, they, they come to pick them up Friday morning, and we all hang out for a bit. When they leave, my wife goes to the gym and says she'll need to run some errands afterwards. This was normal, so I didn't think anything of it. I'm self-employed and have a home office, and a general rule is that when the door to my office is closed, I shouldn't be disturbed, except if it's an emergency. So I'm working with the door closed, and I hear my wife come home earlier than I expected. I hear her use the bathroom, and it sounded like she stopped outside my office but didn't knock. Then I hear her run back to the bathroom. My first guess was a stomach ache or food poisoning or something. I leave my office and hear her drive heaving in the bathroom. After knocking to make sure she's okay, bring some Gatorade and she's lying on the bed. And I was convinced she was sick because she looked terrible. But then she told me what happened. Apparently she met this guy at the gym and they had some flirting at first, but today was the first day she'd gone to his place. Instead of going to the gym, she went to see him. I started making out and getting undressed. And while she admits to using a hand on him, she swears there was no penetration of any kind. He started kissing her neck and then she said my name. That started some chaos and she left quickly and came straight home. He started texting her almost as soon as she left and a lot of his comments seemed to confirm his story. He asked about her saying her name and says how this wasn't how the first time was supposed to go, um, etc. I think I believe her that she stopped the situation before it went all the way. In the heat of the moment, I told her if she wants any chance of working this out, she needs to stay to say to him in no uncertain terms that they're over and she has to quit the gym. She did both without hesitation. I regret my choice of words because it made it seem like we would definitely work this out. It's only been a few days, but I'm not sure I want to reconcile. But then I think about our daughter. She's been really remorseful, but I'm just not sure what steps to take now. Uh, yeah, buddy, your wife is cheating on you. If she's cheated once, she'll cheat on you again. So it doesn't matter. And by the way, this is the first time you've caught her, so it means she's done this before. 514 upvotes. Your title and the way you wrote this is so confusing. I thought I was reading about an open relationship. You're in denial, I think. Title should have been my wife called out my name when she cheated on me. She did cheat, by the way. She didn't have bedroom fun with the guy, but she had intended to and got cold feet. I mean, what happens next is up to you. Is this a first offense? Did she seem truly remorseful? Did you have a good relationship before this happened? Are you willing to stay with her? Never stay together for the kids. It never works. You need to figure out if you can figure out and move on. Yeah. Think about what would have happened if he didn't object to her saying your name. Dude, she went to his place. The only reason it didn't go any further is because she said your name. She was planning on cheating. She already did cheat. Yeah. Yeah. Cheating started the moment she entertained getting uh, slept with by someone else and was actively working towards it. That's right. Yeah. If your wife cheats, she'll cheat again. She's not your wife. She's every, every man's girl. Okay, we're going to end the video there. Again, if you're new to the channel, liking the content, hit that sub, hit all for notifications. If you'd like to support me, I do have a Patreon with exclusive content, newly revamped, posting weekly content, patreon.com slash the Just go there and subscribe. Uh, you could also drop me a donation like Tom, I'm here. Link is in the description. Thank you so much for listening, especially if you took the time to listen to the end of the video. I really do appreciate it. You guys are wonderful. And I'll see you guys next time.